Okay, we are alive, or we are live. <laughs> These are the days when the cameraman has to attest we are alive. <laughs> okay, give us a thumbs up so that we can start. Yeah, okay. Good evening, everybody, and today is the 28th of April, 39 days. On a trot, we are here with you, and it looks like this lockdown for us in Hyderabad will go on till probably 1st of June. So tomorrow is 40 days, the temperature outside, usually daytime is 40 degrees, and for those who are in U.S., that's like around 104, 104. 104 Fahrenheit. So, but we are good, we are good, we are indoors, the lockdown that way works, we are indoors, you are protected from the heat and the virus. So this evening, like we are overwhelmed by the questions, we never knew that we would be getting so many questions and from all around the world and uh, it's not that we have all the answers, like we said, we continue to pray, Lord, give us the wisdom and the brethren who have asked also receive the wisdom that they understand what is the solution, and the solution actually is only God, only Christ. And you have to believe what scripture says in Ephesians 1.3, that God has already blessed with all the spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places, meaning everything we need for our victory. Whatever situation you are in, it's already done in the heavenly places by faith, we believe, we act, and God sets us free. So this evening, before we go to the question-answer session, fourth day of question-answer session, and before I pray, I also want to make an announcement. Listen till the end, because once we finish, there will be the concluding song, which was uh, composed by our two young people in the church, Abel and Priya. Not, not that young, but pretty young, <laughs> because they have two little cute little babies. Okay, so it's composed by Abel, and I don't know whether Priyanka helped him in composing it, and they sang, and they composed the music too. So it's one of those lockdown songs of praise, okay? I believe, I pray, I'm hoping many of you would compose songs, or whatever God gives you during this lockdown. Maybe cook a good dish, call it by the name of Corona, it doesn't matter. Hallelujah. But no, something you should be doing during this that's original to you. So we just thank God for everything and let's pray. Father, this evening we just thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. One more day in the land of the living. Thank you for the morning service. Thank you for the incredible word we heard, Father. About David, Lord, these are all the lessons you are teaching us so that all these dear ones who have gone before us would become examples to us upon whom the end of ages have come that we learn from their victories and their defeats and apply those lessons in our lives by faith, Lord. And this our Lord, a question answers so many brethren from around the world, from US to Australia, to Africa, to India, everywhere, they have asked questions. We do not have all the answers or the wisdom, but you have. And we pray, Lord, help us. Because these are life and death questions. These are questions, the answers will matter to them who ask in eternity. 
And I pray, Lord, even where we fail or falter, we know Christ never fails. That where we are weak and we fail, your Spirit would still give them the answer and the power to overcome, Lord. So speak to us and speak through us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Pastor Vijay, the floor is yours with the questions. Okay, so once again, um, uh, welcome to you all in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we have again divided the questions into several categories, but we are not able to finish any of them. So we'll just stick to one today and mostly uh, the questions will be related to life because that is where uh, we apply whatever we've learned. But before we start, Pastor, mm. I have one question which is very interesting. I think it will excite you for sure. If you believe President Trump is sent by God, why is this horrible pandemic and all the ones in authority who are in charge of our lives are so wicked? <laughs> Yet the Bible says, submit to authority. It is hypocritical. Why not just wipe them off from the face of the earth? <laughs> Very interesting question, Pastor. Okay, there's so many. <laughs> part A, Part B, Part C. Okay. Uh, like, even though whether it is a ballot box, or whether it's a king by succession or by dictator takes by revolution, nothing happens without God knowing. And uh, God also allows different kinds of leaders to take place. That's what I see from the good and the bad and the really evil one also because the scripture says even Pharaoh was raised up mm -hmm. by God to be used for a purpose as a vessel of dishonor but to teach a lesson. So all leaders, however they come in, God uses them for different purposes because the kingdom of God rules over the affairs of men. That's what Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar. Hmm. Then, uh, when it comes to uh, President Trump, President Trump, like, you know, none of us personally know him. and All we know is what we see in the news and the Twitter feed and beyond that, beyond that, the reason why I, why I say this is, is because I have never ever seen a U.S. president. Because let's face the fact, doesn't matter how big other countries may be, U.S. is the top most country in the world simply because of its military power and its economic power. Because these two, separates U.S. from the rest of the world. When China cannot even come anywhere close, even in terms of military power, I mean, people do not even know that American soldiers are there supposedly over in over 100 countries in the world. They have armies. The armies spread around the world and how powerful they are and no nation comes anywhere close. So that that that's why U.S. matters. Like once upon a time, Great Britain mattered. It's today America matters. And then coming to the second part is that I see him, unlike other U.S. president, a president with a very clear-cut agenda. Like before President Trump, you had President Barack Obama. Eight years of Obama changed completely the moral climate of U.S. Everything their forefathers had built down in that eight years, he completely took it down. And I will, I see that in these four years, what President Trump has been trying to do is, you see, like I said, I come from the literature background. 
In literature, we had learned this long time ago. There was a French philosopher called Jacques Lacan, and one of his theories is called deconstruction. What you do not see what's happening in the American society and European society is what they are applying that that literary theory. That's why humanists and theorists are very dangerous mm. if they are not uh, God-fearing. They are applying because a society, America, was a society which was built on Judeo-Christian values and that. And they have been deconstructing the entire system and to replace it with the atheistic, socialistic structure. Mm. But before they can do it, they have to deconstruct that old system brick by brick by brick by brick. And they will, if they cannot use the White House and the Congress for that, you will see they will use the court system in U.S. And in U.S., you have these federal courts and the judges are appointed for life. Actually, if you look at it, one of the most powerful things a president can do in U.S. is appoint a judge. And those judges are there for life. And you will see that as far as my memory goes, no president probably in U.S. history has appointed so many federal judges in the last four years like President Trump has done. He's changed the entire landscape of the judiciary, and that's one of the reasons they're absolutely mad. And he's appointing conservative judges, meaning these judges will be there for years and years to come, and they can stop. Like you see, whenever he does something, they will go to a particular state and get an injunction where it is a leftist socialist judge sitting over there. And everything is used in terms of liberty. And they call themselves progressive. Actually, the nomenclature should be changed. They should be called regressive. Yes. Because if you are progressive, then you are upholding God's moral values. Mm. But you will see they are regressive because they are upholding the values that are against godly principles. So you will see when I look at him, first I see how he has changed the judiciary. He has changed the entire landscape. Second thing, when I look at him, I've never ever seen a U.S. president who is so attacked mm. by everything you can see. Every every media, every Hollywood. If Hollywood attacks anybody, I only, always think that that person who is attacked is right. Mm. because And the kind of language they use against him, the filth that comes. And I look at them and I look at them and I said, why are they so angry with him? What is that they know about him that we do not know? Mm. Why are they hell-bent on seeing that he doesn't get a second term? Sometimes I want to believe the conservative theory that the entire COVID-19 is basically to bring the U.S. economy down so that he does not win 2020. And as if he loses, immediately the pandemic will disappear and they will come up with a cure and everything changes. Because sometimes you look at it, it looks very strange. And can the enemy do it? Of course he will do it. If the enemy changed the entire uh, law of Babylon, which was 126 provinces stretching from India all the way to all, okay, for one man, to yes. bring one man down, yes. Yes. definitely it can be replicated again because mm. you see precedents over here. So that's when I look at him. And honestly, when I look at him, uh, like a lot of pastors talk junk because, you know, he never claimed he was a believer. So you do not judge him in the standard. He's not a pastor sitting in the White House. He's a president sitting in the White House. But you look at his policies, his policies, which he has always enacted, has always been 
pro-Christian, pro-Judah value-wise, you will see always. And another thing which I look at him and I realize I'm not, one thing I'll tell you, one of the, I really admire him. I look at him and I say, can any man really stand this pressure 24 hours a day and still be standing there? Mm. The amount of pressure he handles. Mm. I'm talking about the pressure of ruling, the mm. pressure of such, such, I mean, you have people literally praying every day he dies. The witches and the wizards and the, the evil they speak about him and about his family and about even his youngest child, the kind of junk he faces every day non-stop. And he still stands there without flinching. His press conferences are a delight to watch because he gives it as they, he gives it back as he gets it. I don't think any president could have handled that pressure like that. Unless he's been put there by God for a time and a season like that. Man. You know, and sometimes I believe the most blinded sort of people are half the Christians in US. They cannot see what this man is there, what this man is there and for a season like that. And then leaving that aside, and I'll also tell you something about this circle. Okay. Let me tell you about this circle. Almost every president of U.S. was part of the circle. Yes. They were all part of the circle. They were all, they had their fraternity, the Bohemian Grove, and they were all part of it. They were all, otherwise nobody would become a U.S. president. If you were not part of the Freemasonry, you would not become a part of a U.S. president. Everybody knows this. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's the most open secret in U.S. And I personally believe nobody expected him to win. No. Body expected to him to win. And for the first time, the circle has a president they cannot control. They cannot control. Now, I'm not saying he was not in the circle. Sometimes I think, was he in the circle? Sometimes when he was young, but just like a playboy kind of a thing because he was in that Hollywood kind of a business and he came out. Does he have alter personalities? Sometimes I think he has a couple of small alter personalities. That's when his Twitter feed goes off. Off. But I will tell you, his son has written a book which is called Trigger. Trigger yes. And mm-hmm. triggering is a mechanism that is used in Freemasonry. When they have alter personalities to set them out, they trigger them. These are all terms which are very normal terms just being thrown around because I worked delivering these people. I know these are terms that you use over there. And you will see every time in the news conference, he will do something that triggers all of them. They go kaput. So sometimes I think he's just playing cat and mouse with them. Literally playing cat and mouse with them. That he will use something over there. And before you know CNN, NBC, the Hollywood actors all are triggered. And they are next day standing there and abusing him. But basically he is exposing them as to what they really are. And what empowers them. Empowers them. No time in US history in the past 40 years has the media... The entertainment industry, the music industry, and the Hollywood industry being exposed to their evil designs and their evil nature, like he has done with one tweet. And then you will realize they are all part of it, and he's really triggering them. Hmm. It's really triggering. If you know, if you have worked with those kind of people, and you have worked in the deliverance with people, you can immediately identify what is happening over there. That's why we pray for President Trump every day, Lord. Hold him there. If it's your decision that he should have a second term, let it come to pass. And if he doesn't come, we don't know how the world will change again for the worse, not for the better.
So yes, Pastor Vijay. There are four sets of questions, mm. um, rather five uh, mm. in one. Yeah, one in that the question they talk about, but Bible says submit to authority is yes. hypocritical. So we do not have the right to wipe out people in authority. Our job is to stay under authority and stay from working. See, it's only when the authority tells us something that denies Jesus Christ, we disobey quietly we don't we are not rebels revolutionaries we don't take the gun we don't fight the system we don't have to we don't have to our job is to get into a prayer closet and pray amen. and pray and god changes regimes amen when amen. god changes regimes he will do it his own way we don't have to take the gun god does not allow it and when the new covenant was being written rome was ruling over the old Israel, the most wicked kings were in charge, but they, none of the apostles ever told them to start a movement. Mm. Got it not. And God has set a day for everything that is called the day of judgment. Mm. So everything is working towards that day. So we don't wipe everything out and the leaders may be wicked, some may be good, some many may be wicked, but our job is to pray because we see the reality of the kingdom. Yes, Pastor. So there's a four sets of questions. I mean, we got it on that uh, the WhatsApp. How do we penetrate this darkness? Mm. In these last days, there's such a deep darkness permeating our society. Mm. What are we up against in the gospel? Uh, mm. uh, in getting the gospel to the world? Why is there so much hatred in the last days? Uh, uh, Jesus said in the last days, what will happen is the love of many will grow cold. That's the major reason. One of the major reasons is love of many. Actually, in the world, it will go the two things side by side. Jesus says that in the Gospels when they asked about the signs of the last days. And Paul will put across it beautifully in his letter to Timothy by saying one of the reasons is people become lovers of self. Yes. Lovers of self, mm. lovers of money, lovers of pleasure. pleasure. The lovers of self... It's not an, it's not just an automatic construct. It's also because the world has become more and more and more and more and more materialistic. More and more materialistic. And a simple example I will give you which all the parents will understand. When we grew up, the color of milk was white. <laughs> yes. And it did not even come in packets. Okay, it was white. So when you drank milk, we drank white, white milk. Today, the color of milk, you can pick your color, pick your flavor. For children, I'm talking about, you can pick any flavor you want. So an average parent who is not very godly, who just wants the children to drink milk, will get seven flavors for the week. So you look at how the self is being fed in a thing that was absolutely normal and nobody thought twice about it in a simple thing like it and now you look at the entire spectrum of things that is available like this generation my generation my generation the phone was like this and you want to apply for a bsnl you have to wait for a couple of years mm. if you wanted a quick thing you needed to put 10000 rupees as a deposit to get a landline then you may get it a little faster if you wanted a two-wheeler, you had to wait in the queue. In India, I'm talking about. If you wanted Chetak, you had to put in foreign currency. Then you would get it faster. Now they're standing on the roads and before the lockdown and trying to sell you cars. So what has happened? The self is being fed 
and fed and fed and fed and fed. So what happens is, it's all is happening together. People are becoming lovers of self, lovers of money and lovers of pleasure. Now we are not living for basic, using things for basic needs of life. We are simply using things for pleasure. Yes. A car is not something which takes you from a place to a place. It's no longer that. It is something more than that. Everything is something more than that. So what happens? Love gets colder and colder and colder and colder. And what happens in homes? Like, you know, why has God locked everything down? Basically, so that there would be reconciliation in the homes between fathers and mothers and children. The primary thing God is, because it's an incredible warning that is given. He says, in the last days, there's an Elijah ministry power that is released to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the children back to the fathers. Otherwise, he said, he will come with a curse. curse yes. So before that happens, God is giving a little time, a window of opportunity for restoration to take place in homes. And if it does not take place, and what stops restoration from taking place? Simple thing. It's selfishness. Mm. It is selfish. You can put a nice whitewash covering over over it, but God is not interested in anybody's ministry. Yes. He's interested in individuals and homes. Man. He will not put any ministry above the home because he's a man of the home. Hallelujah. Okay. He's not a, he's not interested in anybody's business. He's not anybody's corporation, anybody's big ministry. He's not interested in building any of those things. He's building a home because he's a father. And if we are going to build anything at the cost of your home, you have missed the entire gospel. Entire gospel. Because one thing he has said before he comes is that he wants reconciliation in the home. Otherwise, he's going to come with a curse. So that is what you have to look at it and realize that God is giving everybody a time to, to build their homes. And it is the lack of love in our hearts that is causing the darkness. The darkness is not actually outside. The darkness is inside. The darkness is inside. That's what I said in one one point. You will see the children of Israel in captivity in Babylon. And they say they are asking us to sing songs of Zion. How can we sing songs of Zion? We are hung our harps and all. Another side, a man is seeing absolutely clear visions. And the Holy Spirit is taking him and showing him the temple and the state of the temple. Mm. So the outside darkness doesn't matter matter. It's like Israel had, Egypt had three days of absolute darkness where people couldn't even move, meaning the actual regional translation says you could feel the darkness. It was so thick. You could feel it. That's why people couldn't move. Yet in every house in Goshen, Jewish houses, they had light. God is saying, that's what I want to do. Let moral climate uh, darkness spread. Every house, all you hear is TV from morning till evening. One man, left, right, front, back, all you hear is TV from morning till evening. Mm. Whatever language they are, does not matter. Let it increase. But are we praying in our homes? Amen. Are we listening to the messages? Are we, are we building the altar back? And the darkness does not matter. Because that itself is the gospel. That itself is the gospel. Because scripture says when darkness covers, his light will come upon us. Yes. That a church should emerge out of this, that are strong individuals, strong families that come together because the love of God has penetrated our heart. Amen. That doesn't happen. It's a waste of time. It's mm. a waste of time. So, yes. what is a quintessential suggestion that you give to the church at this time then? 
what is the one thing that we have to concentrate on start praying together and start talking don't hide things under the carpet hmm don't hide this this is a time where men and women have to sit down look each other in the eye and have the guts to say what upsets you about me hmm i want it honest straight honest tell me you know me better than anybody else you are my wife you are my husband what upsets you about me because there's no human being closer than your spouse who knows you so tell me what upsets me about you and say i want this season to put it right before god and with you and from there things will start falling into place because then when the man and the woman pray the children will start changing because there is no more power of unity than when a man and a woman whom god already proclaimed these two shall be one and not two when they two pray when they two bind the things will happen if it doesn't happen in your family it's just ministry it's still not happening in your so what happens in your ministry is a gift gift will operate even with a donkey a donkey can bring a prophet to his knees that is irrelevant but when it happens in your home that means unity has been forged mm. god will not allow a gift to work in the home wow. he will not allow a gift to work in a home he will only allow love peace and genuine unity to work and he will allow, allow the gift to work at the ends of the world he will allow it to work but he will not allow that to work in the home because he's a family man he's a family man amen that is how you have to see it okay pastor so we'll go to the questions on life pastor life yes uh there's one circle question you want to look at it we also have been used to manipulate and we recognize that so at the time the holy spirit will reveal to us we repent and we go back to it again oh. i know you answered it yeah we ask if we can be delivered once, once and for all okay this like i said this is uh, but like these are brethren who came out of the circle the freemasonic or satanic ritual abuse all kinds of stuff is there cults are there which are not part of freemasonry all kinds of stuff are there where different people have come from different backgrounds and normal ab- like not normal but dysfunctional abusive homes people come through that and the thing is that it have manipulation see manipulation is uh, starts right away after the fall yes. manipulation manipulation is the the female weapon that's why she cries and tears can be used as manipulation can be used as manipulation you know giving the husband the cold shoulder shoulder at night can be manipulation you can use so many things as manipulation so not only people from the circle who have been used to manipulation becomes a normal facet uh, in life mm-hmm. okay so how how do you come out of it the thing is that you have to face the truth unless you acknowledge it nothing will happen nothing will happen first everybody has to go before god and say lord this is who i am a very manipulative person the problem is unless we call it by name because the world has changed nomenclature completely <laughs> they like to give nice names to sin makes you feel good but doesn't deliver you you know doesn't deliver you so 
one of the ways you escape this is acknowledge it before God and then one day at a time. Can God deliver you for once and for all? Can he? Yes. Does he often? Uh, no. One of the reasons is this is a battle every day. Every day battle. Every day battle. You, you, the problem is, <laughs> the major issue is this. A lot of people want deliverance, but they don't want to walk with God. They want to walk in deliverance. They don't want to walk with God. They don't want to walk with God. So that's what I said. Can God do it? Yes. Will he do it? Most cases I've seen, no. When will he do it? The day you really, really put God first in your life and say, Lord, this is my desire. I want to walk with you all the days of my... You will suddenly realize deliverance is a very easy thing. It's a very easy thing. The question is, can you walk with God and be in bondage? No. It's not possible. It's not possible. The problem is we want our deliverance and then we want to go back to and use our will to feed the self. But if you really, really want your deliverance and wakus, I've also seen people who were like into all kinds of the most crazy stuff getting delivered just like this and walk in their freedom, absolute freedom. But their lives were drastic, absolute change. Absolutely, they were sold out for God. Yes, sold out for God. So if that is the kind, I'm, when I'm talking to you, sold out for God. Please don't read it different different ways. Mm. Sold out God is very easy, actually easy for a single person who does not have obligations to anybody. It's a much more easier person like Paul. That's why Paul says, "I wish all of you were like me." Mm. But each one has their own call. It is not easy for married people because for a wife. To be sold out God is to be submit to husband in all things. That is what it means to be sold out for God. The minute they hear, they don't want to be sold out to God. <laughs> I don't want, I will be 70% sold out to God, 30% myself. If you ask to me from scripture, what does it mean for a woman to be sold out to God? It is submit your husband in all things as unto God. What does it mean for a married man to sold out to God, submit to God in all things as Christ submitted to God and love your wife that way? With all our frailties and foibles and all. So it is different. It is see ministry is very easy, it's a gift. People think ministry is very difficult. No, if you really have people who struggle in ministry are the people who never called into ministry. They are the ones who are struggling. If you have been called into ministry, you have been given a gift for the ministry. Yes. Like a gift for the ministry. All you need is the discipline of working hard. The gift will work and it will work. But life is not a gift. God does not give, says, let Abbas, let Raj marry Appu and I give you the gift of marriage. There is nothing like that. <laughs> he said, live it out. Live it out. I have set the principles and I have lived that before you. I, the way I loved the church and the way I submitted to my father. Wives, look at me, how I submitted to my father. Husbands, look at me, how I have loved the church. And that's a pattern you follow, one day at a time. And as you fail, repent, humble, and keep on. And you will realize it gets easier and easier as you go. That's how it works. So, uh, so related to that, because you mentioned about marriage, this is a question by a recent con- uh, brother. Mm. Question number nine, shall earthly marriages stop in the churches or is it not needed at all? (laughs) (laughs) We should be really like Rebecca as we are in the last days. No, no, no. We are in the last days, but last days could mean anything. Jesus told, when the disciples asked them, he says, 
he looked at the temple and said, not even a stone will be left on this. Did that mean it happened the next year? No, it took 40 years. Yes. It took 40 years. He was talking to them around in 30, in 30 AD or maybe a little 31 or 32 AD. We do not know exact date. But Titus came in 70 AD and destroyed the temple and the yes. whole thing was destroyed. So it took 40 years. So when we are talking about last days, when we say last days, we are talking in God's time frame, not our time frame. Amen. For me, last day would mean tomorrow. But I don't want him to come tomorrow, honestly. I don't want him to come tomorrow. Because nobody is ready for him to come tomorrow. Because people will all say, Lord, when are you coming? Do you really know what it means if he comes? Judgment is set. Over. Finished. For eternity, it is set. And let me tell you, who is actually ready for him to come tomorrow? I am not. I am not. I still want my crowns. I don't want to miss anything that I can get for eternity. I don't. And all of us who are examiners would know that. If as an examiner we said 10 more minutes, the kids are happy. Because they got two more marks to Miljaga, 10 minutes, right? Yes. How happy are they? I'm giving you they some extra time. Have some extra time. You know, they're all happy. All the ones who are saying, Lord, come tomorrow, don't know what they're talking about. They're not in the race. They basically are so troubled with their married life or their office life and think this is let me escape from this. They have no clue what judgment day is like. That is the reason <laughs> Joel says, warned them who do say day of the Lord, the day of, day the, of Lord. the Lord. <laughs> yeah, day of the Lord, the day of the Lord. Then it's all regret. Oh my gosh, I missed all this. Okay, so, yeah, so marriage is, a, again, marriage is a call. It's a call. I would say any day, if Paul could say 2000 years ago, I wish everybody could be, you know. A lot of people honestly, I think, should not get married. 21st century, I would say. Because they do not know what is to be a husband or a father. They, they don't know what a home is. First, you need to know what a home is before you decide to have a home. You know? Honestly, they shouldn't get married. Because a home means responsibility. You get married, you have responsibilities, so children come, and the children is life in the home. And if you are not ready for that, you should not get married. Okay? Marriage, wedding is for it. Like if the people spend the amount of time and money and uh, resources and planning for the wedding into actually preparing for marriage. You think two counseling sessions with the pastor prepares you for marriage? No, no. it does not. No. As such, the world is full of dysfunctional families. And that's a picture you are thinking, okay, chalega, ye bhi chalega, ye bhi chalega. That is not the mad. The model for marriage is this. Yes. Christ and his church. Mm. You think Christ wasn't serious about his marriage? absolutely serious about his marriage because marriage means the biggest term in marriage is called sacrifice mm. and if you are not willing for sacrifice according to God's word you should not get married so I would say it doesn't matter even you get married late know what marriage is learn from the word of God allow the Holy Spirit to prepare you and then get married and you will realize no it works it works because so I remember somewhere in Deuteronomy, in one of the translations, the only place where God attaches heaven onto earth is the family. Is, is the family Deuteronomy is the chapter home. 6. Yeah. Heaven on earth is the home. Hell on earth also is home. No. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, there are some questions related to marriage. What you want you to tell the children not to take it easy at this time. Questions are related to marriage. There, okay, take it easy. Okay, we tomorrow we'll because it's our regular midweek service. We'll have a midweek service. We'll have message tomorrow evening. Thursday we'll come back with the questions. We can keep on because I find that 
So many questions are coming and so many people are listening. I'm getting the responses. Okay, so I believe we are meeting the needs of the people. Yeah. So children can take it easy at this time. Okay. So. Oh, children. Okay. The little children can take it easy. Okay. okay because there are no. some questions which are like only for, we put it under the A category. Okay. Okay. So, Pastor, this is a very, uh, very tough question. I don't know. Have, husband having an affair for over eight years and I've been praying for a long time. Will God break that relationship and restore this marriage? This is question number Of course, God will. But whether husband will, I don't know. When if you ask me God's will and God's desire, God's desire is always for the family. But whether the man will or not, I do not know. God has never bent anybody's will. But what I would ask the sister, whoever it is, is to keep praying. And uh, if you know it for true that this is happening, uh, one of the ways I would suggest is call the person and confront gently, gently. Don't fight and don't like pull each other's stairs and beat each other up and all that doesn't work. Gently, quietly call that person, confront that person with what you have and says, why do you want to break my home? Why don't you just leave? Why don't you just leave? And she's in denial mode and if she... You will have to work it out because, like, I do not know because when we do counseling, we look at each setting because it's not like, it's not one size fits all. We have to look at each setting because this is just a two line question. But what all has gone into your marriage? I do not know. What is the background of your relationship? I do not know. Was it a love marriage? Was it you were both unbelievers who got married and then got saved? There are so many things that get into when you're doing marriage counseling. Okay, so I cannot give you, I can only give you a general prescription. The general prescription is, why don't you sit with your husband and talk to him and say, what does he say? Mm. First talk to your husband. And if he's in denial mode, he says nothing like that is happening then you need to show him the proof you have. Okay, you have to show. And if he's a very violent, physically violent man, then I would say you need help. You need to, if you if you both are going to a church, a believing church, then you need to get the, talk to the leadership, the pastor, the senior pastor, older pastor, pastor, you need to talk to him, ask for help. And if you're not going to church, then you need to get your parents involved. Because you have to look at a solution. And all this is especially important if you have children. Yes. Okay. So I do not know the full picture. But if you ask me, will God break the relationship? Yes. He is interested in breaking the relationship and restore the marriage. My question to you is, are you willing the marriage to be restored? How much are you willing to forgive? Mm. There's so many things involved in it. I would, I would put it that way. Yes. Okay. Another very uh, tough question. Now it's question number three. Okay. And I have been married and I have a child, but the partner is not interested in physical relationship. So I go through constant temptation and feel guilty and worried if I've committed adultery. I'll miss my salvation. Have discussed with the partner, not interested in counseling or seeing a doctor. What should I do? It's going on and on for many years. 
Okay, what you should do, like you put the doctor over there, so I, I believe he has some issue. I don't know what the issue is, and he's not interested. So, couple of things are there, like, you no, know, I hope children are not watching. The question I have to ask is, first thing you have to narrow it down to, like, is he not interested in you, or is he not interested in sex? Mm. Okay, so first... If he's not interested in you, then there is something bigger. But if he's not interested in sex, it is something else. In that case, if he's not willing for help, you pray. Because it always works that way. Mm. Okay, you pray, I would ask pray. But other than that, I would say that, you know, you say, uh, you go through constant temptation. But temptation can be handled. Temptation can be. Temptation is not a big thing to handle because the only thing you have to handle about temptation is see that you don't feed it. Yes. If you don't feed it, any temptation can be handled. If you feed it, temptation will be always alive. Any temptation at the at the bottom level is the same. It's bottom level. If you don't feed it, it loses, starts losing its power. Whether it is food, whether it is clothes, whether it is sex, whether anything. Yes. If you don't feed it, it starts losing its power. So, if you are being constantly tempted, you need to ask yourself, how are you being constantly tempted? And shut those doors. Shut those doors. Shut those doors. And uh, because you are even worried about thinking adultery, that means you might be a working wife. And I would say that stay away from the opposite sex. Don't take their compliments. Don't take their flattery. Avoid it. Make a very clear cut, knowing that you are vulnerable, stay away. And make, you have to do it consistently. And God will help you through it all. And uh, it doesn't matter how many years it goes on. I know it affects you. But you pray your way through. God will help you. And an affair is not a solution. It will mess it up even more further. Hmm. Pastor, then we'll go to the toughest question for the day. It's question number seven. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to read the question. So, uh, children, please, parents, once again, I want to warn you, please uh, not have the children around. Uh, hello, Pastor. I have one question for you. Actually, I'm a man. I am a man, yeah. yeah. I'm a man. I'm struggling from cross-dressing. I mean, I wanted to be like a girl, and I went against God many times. I wore girls', uh, girls clothing. I know I'm rebelling against God's creation because God made me a man. Still, I don't know why I'm caught into that. I still ask God why you have made me like a, made me a boy. Why can't you make, uh, why can't you have made me a girl? I know God created me for His purpose to do His will. I'm coming out of it many times, still falling into the same trap. So I love Christ. I'm keeping my faith in Him. Still, I feel it's not genuine faith. That's why I keep falling. I try to avoid it many times. Still, I keep enjoying. Uh, uh, I, I um, keep on. Sorry. Um, still kept on calling me to enjoy as girl. I want to be like a boy. I have split personalities. I'm like a chameleon. He, he says sometimes. Sometimes I think I should be. In, uh, I shouldn't be like in, um, like enough. I don't want to marry a girl. I don't know, so many confusing things over there, Pastor, so yeah, you want to address them? Keep praying for me. I want to serve God. I want to cling to Him. I want to. So that's that's the part which I like. You said you are, I love Christ. 
I'm keeping my faith. I want to be an overcomer. So, and if uh, I was, honestly, I was shocked when I got this question, not because of the problem, because it was from India and not from, automatically you would think a question like, oh, this must be from US, not this was from India. Wow. So, you see, there are, this all happened also with, uh, with uh, what you call it, the unisex m- movement. movement that has been happening in India, uh, sorry, in the world, especially starting with the West, for a hundred years. A hundred years practically has a movement. And uh, the transsexuality, transgender, cross-dressing, these are all different, different, different issues. Okay, these are all different, different issues. And they all have become mainline, they have all become made it into as if these are civil rights. But I wanted to go, like, we have to look at uh, an answer, like, uh, you have to look at first, like you are a believer, so I'm only speaking to believers, I'm not speaking to the others, but if somebody is listening, I tell you, there is deliverance for you too. Because the thing is that God created man and woman. He created them male and female. So those gender distinctions were made by God. You will not go to science, you will not read all these things, you were not made that way. You were not born that way. It is a choice. And sometimes much, see, if you look, even here, lot of people without even realizing it, start this early. Like mothers, if they have two daughters, when they are small, they will dress them like a boy. And take pictures and send it to us too. Okay. You don't realize it's cross-dressing. Mm. Cross-dressing. Now, let us be honest about it. How are girls dressed today, the little girls in the homes today, because it's hot? They're all dressed as boys. Aren't they all in shorts and t-shirts? Yes. So, you don't realize somebody is struggling now, probably in his 20s or 30s, but you planted the root now. You planted the seed now. Okay. You need to realize God was very clear about this. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 5. Twenty-two verse 5. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. Yeah, this is from where you have to give, because you have to have the truth. And I know you know these words, you know this truth, and that's where your struggle comes. So first time you have to, let's put it across and see, this is the truth. This is the truth. Now if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And verse 1 onwards. Now this is the commandment, these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. That you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes, his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life that your days may be prolonged. 
Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, shall bind them as a sign on your hand, they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and your gate. He's not literally meaning they do it, but he's saying this is how important it should be. Mm. If you understand the context, then you will understand it. One generation is dead. A second generation has risen. Deuteronomy is repeating the commands given to their fathers, to their children, and telling them, this is how it should be, this is who I am, this is what I want you to be, it should be in your mind, in your eyes, in your heart, your entire life should be imprinted by this is who I am, this is how you should live, and starting from there, he gives the entire set of rules, how a godly society should be formed. And 22.5 is one of that. Mm. One of that. But you know what? We don't believe in any of these things. We believe in freedom. Believe in freedom. And the problem is, when you do this, you need to realize the word God uses is a very strong word. It is a word that is abomination. Mm. Abomination. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man. You know what happens one by one by one by one by the stuff which God told them not to do, when you take it away, he says what will happen is your enemies will start taking over. Enemies will start taking over. Ultimately what I will do, I will drive you out of the land like I drove the others out. Modern, this thing, the powers of darkness stack. Because like I said, they understand God's righteousness very well. These demonic fallen angels lived in God's presence for I don't know how many millions, maybe we don't know creation timing about angels. They know God's righteousness and His holiness. When we start moving away and we start like, you know, and bring the world in, the price is paid by others. Mm. Price is paid by others. That is why the Bible says in the book of Romans, you may have liberty, yes. but do not use your liberty as, as a stumbling. stumbling block. I may be able to do something, but what I do is not causing me bondage, but somebody else sees that and becomes bondage for us. So we are not Cain. Mm. Cain said, I'm not my brother's keeper. We are younger brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. We are our brothers and sisters keeper. A lot of stuff like this happen in the home itself and after that what happens is they see the mother dressed like a man. You see, in the, the father never dresses like a woman. Very rarely does it happen. And I'm being upfront. You never see a man father walking around in a skirt in the house. Do you see that? Have any of you seen your father walking around like... You never see. But don't you see the mother walking around in the pants? Yes. That is where the term says she wears her pants in the house. You will use that in your conversation too. But you will still justify wearing a pants by saying it is okay. I just changed the pattern a little bit to look at feminine. It doesn't make any difference. Changing your pattern, cutting it, you know. 
It doesn't make any difference. The fact of the matter is that you are destroying a generation that is growing up completely. And you know it didn't start here yesterday or today. It started over a hundred years back in the stores in New York City when they started these unisex stores and started selling unisex clothing which men and women could wear. It didn't start yesterday. This is a movement, ideological movement that started years and donkeys years ago. If I do a little research, I can give you the names of the stores where it started also. And the problem is, we take it in. We take it. And you need to realize all this ultimately will culminate what Revelation talks about, the woman riding the beast. You have seen that is what has happened. You can say anything to a man. Mm. Nothing is problem. But you cannot touch anything that concerns a woman in the world. Immediately you are and no, they come after you like anything. But we should be able to say at least in the, in the church, in the church we should be telling that, no, you know what, what's happening? Your children will struggle. But somebody else's children will struggle. And you know, this also be- begins as a game in the colleges and all. They will bet you. I bet you, you cannot wear a skirt and go out today. And the boys will do it. All kind of things happen in the hostels and colleges and all. But we are talking about Christian. And we have to look at what God says. And we need to realize this is what God is actually says. He says, because if you, if a woman wears something that pertains to a man or a man puts on a woman's garment, it is an abomination what happened because you have lost and marred the glory and the image of God. Yes. The order. The order. God's mm-hmm. image is gone completely. Yes. Its order is gone and his image, his marred, his glory is gone. And people don't even realize it. Haven't realized it. And for thousands of years this wouldn't happen. And if any woman dressed in a man's clothing, immediately she was marked out in society as a loose woman. Now, if a woman dresses like as a woman, then you are supposed to be not fitting into the society. Mm. And the women themselves will mock them. So you have to realize where this is coming in. And the thing is that the gentleman who is struggling with it, get it very clearly. Very clearly. It begins with cross-dressing. Then it goes (coughs) over to you started questioning your sexuality. You start starts questioning your gender. Now, these are the movements that is happening. Look at the mess in U.S. and Europe that has happened over it. These are two different issues. Questioning your sexuality is one thing. Questioning your gender, gender is another thing. Yes. Okay, gender is something. And these have all have become movements. Okay, sexuality is that you are male and you think you are female and you want to go through a surgery and become... Uh, uh, so transsexual movement and transgender movement are two different movements. Mm. And you have theories behind all these humanities department, billions are put in there, creating all this junk. Theories behind all this. And what happens? You move, you go into uh, homosexuality. Then you go into bisexuality. Bisexuality. Okay. And that's all you have to, you have to actually listen to young people flaunting and being very proud to say, say, I'm not just gay, I'm bisexual. You know where it all started? It all started with cross-dressing. And God had said very clearly, don't do it. Don't do it. Simple thing. Don't dress your children as boys. Don't, uh, boys as girls. Don't dress your girls as, just say, you know, don't do it. They are not a boy is a boy, 
a girl is a girl and God's glory is reflected in both, both. Yes. in both amen one is masculine one is feminine he created them in his image male and, and female, female. He created he, them. God doesn't have sex but he has gender so he's both masculine and feminine god the father will come very masculine jesus can be incredibly masculine and he can be extremely feminine by saying like a mother hen wanted to gather her chicks under so you will have this is there okay it is there so sometimes we have some we we also have that a father may be very gentle and kind more like a mother there's no issue with that but the problem what's happening is now morning they wake up they are masculine by afternoon they are feminine so they want their gender rights they want gender rights now that is not there in the bible that is a disorder that's hmm. a disorder but you need to realize this all the seeds were planted in the house and sold to us in terms of freedom and liberty yes and liberty and all my dear sisters who are listening i'm telling you go back go back go back and that's that's why if you have noticed Everything about the dressing in the Bible, if you have noticed, especially in the New Covenant, is all addressed to the woman. Amen. It's not addressed to the man. That, that's what I wanted to come mm-hmm. to the, the question that one of the common objections that I have heard mm-hmm. is that we are in the New Covenant, mm-hmm. therefore there's an element of freedom that we have uh, that we have procured or acquired because of the fact that we are in the New Covenant. Mm-hmm. But the order of God has not changed. Order right? has, and the freedom is actually to obey. Yes. The freedom mm. is not the freedom that the world is talking yes. about. That is bondage. You are no longer under the law. You are under grace. So you have more freedom now to obey God than to disobey God. You have more freedom to obey God. And you look at it and say, this is what my father loves. This is what my father loves. Okay, And this is where I said, this is all begins in the house. We are talking about a Christian house. The father, the mother, the man, the woman over there. They are very clear about what the boundaries are of God and they thrive in it and they love it because they love God and they stick to it. And children are grown up where they love their father and love their mother. Mm -hmm. So children grow up by looking at it and says, this is what pleases my father and mother. They don't know much about God. Okay. Like typically when I counsel, I said that a woman should not be dressed in any other way that doesn't please her husband. She doesn't have to please a single man on earth. Amen. Hmm. Amen. She just has to please her husband. On the other hand, she pleases every man in the world and her husband is not pleased. It is irrelevant before God. Now I'm talking about godly husbands, okay? These days, men are crazier than women. They want their women to be dressed like those street walkers. Some of them. And they feel so good because every man is staring at their wife. They think their wife is an object. I'm talking about real things. The wife is not an object. This is what porn industry has done, has reduced us all into objects. Yes, objectified. And the glory of God, the image of God, everything has been taken. We have been made into objects. And we need to realize that. Did we play a part in that? Did we play a part in that? So, young man, I have to tell you, this is the truth. And I will tell you always, there are two things about it. First, you need to need know the truth. Because the truth will set you free. But how does it set you free? From that also comes faith. Every problem we are solved, we are giving you over here. Let me tell you. First, go to... So, this is the general spectrum antibiotic for every problem. Um, Romans 5, 2. And Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians... Okay, power left. But internet is on? Yeah, internet is on. Okay. Yes. Okay. Switch off the switch off the 
AC. No, AC is off anyway. Yeah. Automatically goes off. Don't have to worry. Oh. We are still, everything is working. Net is yes, working, yes, right? Is working. Yeah. Can I have it? Through also, please look at this. Through Jesus Christ for a believer. This is one of the most powerful verses for your deliverance in any situation. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. It's talking about each day, every day. Young people look here, okay? Because when we are looking at there, you look around, you distract us, okay? Because we cannot help but look there because the screen is there. Into this grace in which we stand, meaning we stand every day by grace. And we have access by faith. Faith gives you access to grace. Hmm. Turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8. Or seven, seven onwards. Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. What does it mean? I am being tormented by an agent of the devil. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Then he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Did you know what he told Apostle Paul? For a real demonic attack, my grace is sufficient. And this is where, when we are giving you scripture, you have identified your problem, this is it, and we are giving you the solution. For every problem under the sky, man will face. Grace of God is enough. And you stand on the grace of God every day, each day. Lord, I come, this is my problem, I struggle with, I believe in you. I'm standing here by faith. I believe the power of your Holy Spirit is there for me to overcome today. One day, two days, ten days, you will see it's over. It's gone. But you have to exercise it by faith every day. Faith is the doorway to the power of God coming in. Access to grace. And grace, the Holy Spirit, if I'm right, in Hebrews 10.29 is called the Spirit of Grace. It is the very Spirit of Grace. Okay, so that power is available. The problem is, this is what I was talking about. You know, one of the reasons I said we'll cut down the Bible studies to once a day and all. One of the reasons is that, you know, Bible studies, I heard Zach Bunnan say this. Bible studies is like eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Evil. There's another tree in the garden, which is called the tree Tree of of life. life. So if you are only eating from that tree and by faith you do not practice it, it will only make you more miserable and more nasty. But by faith you access grace, the power of God and start practicing it, you have eaten from the tree of life. That is why Jesus told them, do you want to go? And Peter said, to whom else can we go? You alone have the words words of of life. life. We are not eating from the tree of knowledge and good and evil alone. If this doesn't become life for us, the most miserable people are the people who have full of knowledge and no grace. Miserable. Miserable. Like we, you know, simple example, we use the worst cases you have of women who get pregnant are gynecologists. Doctors. The best. Even among doctors, the gynecologists. Because from the time of conception, all they can think is complications. Because they know it all. They know it all. No, it's the same way. Please remember, if you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and you don't apply grace, it does not become life. 
you are all men most miserable and the most miserable man who ever walked on the planet earth was solomon solomon yes with all his heart that's why at the last words the only thing that matters is fear god and, and keep, keep his commandments keep his miserable man he knew it all and didn't keep any you know so please understand solution is there god will set you free anything and everything but that's his desire yes pastor vijay <laughs> Okay, Pastor, um, this is a question which came yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a class 5 student and yoga is compulsory in my school. Oh, school. that little cutie, yeah, I know. Standard 5. Okay. Our principal does not agree to excuse me from doing this. I must obey school rules, but what should I do in this case? In this case, how to go again? Yeah, I understand, honey, it's a, it's a tough call. But let me tell you, because I have to be... I have to give you counsel and uh, what I have to tell you is that you see your situation is not as bad as Joseph's or Daniel's. They couldn't do a lot of things which they would have liked to do. They probably didn't like their names being changed. They probably didn't like their dressing being changed. They probably didn't like the subjects they were asked to study. Okay. Joseph couldn't do anything which he practically liked. so you have to look at it and uh, see what is that you can do and what is that you cannot do one thing i see is that till class 5 so i am sure you are soon reaching 5 or will cross 5 and uh, there are a couple of things which you can do here if you are really really troubled by it i would ask you to tell your parents to change your school but if where there is this is not compulsory but other than that i would say that when they are doing yoga what is the music that is being played and you can still ask god to help you through it all through it all because you have to i would not say like give you a prescription which does not really really help you because this is a very temporary problem for a temporary problem you should not create a permanent issue it's a very small little problem it will it will be there and it will be gone away because we have to if i were to tell you no you have to fight with student probably it will become an issue you will be expelled and all kinds of things will happen but uh, at the end of the day just do the exercises it's exercises ask your parents to pray over you send you to school every day nothing will affect you you also pray while that's happening keep quiet about it finish class 5 and then opt out of it because there are certain things where we have to always believe greater is he that is in me than he is who is in the world Amen. always how did joseph come through the entire pagan occult culture nothing touched him because who was with him was greater than the one that was around but there will be certain things in your life where it will ask you to compromise everything that is when you will have to stand mm. up but this as of now i don't think it's a major issue but ask your parents to pray and send you but if it's troubling you then your parents have to take a call whether they should find a school for you where you don't have to go through that yes and question number 4 i've been wrongly accused by relatives and it has affected my family relationships mm. will god vindicate me or will it happen only during judgment time I'm not looking for revenge neither did I take revenge but my but I want my name to be clear clear okay will god vindicate me one thing i know he will vindicate you when he will do it maybe judgment day 
this side of heaven, we never know when it will happen. All depends upon God's plan for your life. Everything God's plan for your life. And I would say do not take revenge. Of course, I'm glad you did not take revenge. But like if you've been listening to the messages on Joseph, he was a man who lost his name everywhere. And one day his name was restored. The Bible also gives you. Let me read to you for your comfort from one of the most beautiful Psalms concerning a situation like this. Psalm 37. Yeah. Can I have Psalm 37? Yes. Verse 1 onwards. Do not fret because of evil doers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Now, verse 2. Let's go back to verse 2. Because we are new covenant people. We don't pray like that. We only pray for their salvation. We don't want your relatives cut down and wither away. You will end up looking after them. Okay, so we don't want that. We pray, Lord, let them be saved. Okay, trust in the Lord and keep on doing good to them. Every opportunity you get to do good to them, keep on doing it. Dwell in the land and you feed on God's faithfulness. Even when we are unfaithful, scripture says God is faithful. Even when all your relatives are unfaithful, God is faithful. And these are practical things which we have to do. We have to feed on his faithfulness yeah. every day. Feed on his faithfulness. That's how your mind has peace. Your soul and your spirit has peace. And verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord. And he shall give you the desire. What is the desire of your heart? That your name should be vindicated. What should you do? Delight yourself in the Lord. How do you delight it? It is by believing and confessing. What do you confess? Mm. My name is already cleared in Christ Jesus. I am already been vindicated. God has already declared me just as if I have never awesome. sinned. Yes. That is your confession. That should be your song. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. Verse 6. He shall bring forth your righteousness, that is your vindication, as the light, and your justice as the noonday. You know why he uses that simple term, very powerful term? The sun is the brightest at noon. He says, one day everybody will see you are innocent, you are not guilty at all. But that's the day of judgment, that day. Okay? And if he does it before, like Joseph was before, Okay, so when you're going through it, you have to do this process so that your heart is being changed. You are kinder, merciful, and forgiving them every day so that you become. Because you can turn this entire situation for your own good Amen. and be- become that person after God's own heart. That is how you turn it around. Hallelujah. Yes. This is, Pastor, again, to you, addressed to you. Is coronavirus from God? This is from a doctor? Oh, okay, okay. Because I see high mortality rates in parts. But also doctors and paramedics are also getting affected. Yeah, this is one of the doctors one of the, from one of the major corporate hospitals here who got saved a couple of months back. I think he was from a Hindu background. Okay, and... Uh, His question is, he sees yeah. high mortality One thing parts. I'll tell you about if coronavirus from God, well, I know God is not tempted by evil. Mm. But he allows. Yes. Allows it. And why is evil in the world? Because man sinned. Hmm. Okay, so God gave the world over to man, man gave it over to Satan, Satan is the ruler of the world, if they together are working together for the downfall of man, God sits there, he watches, but he is in control. 
So God is not the originator of COVID-19. Definitely he is not. But he can use it to wake up his people. As an act of judgment, he can do all that. Mortality rate is... Could you read that? Yes, it says, uh, I see mortality rate very high in parts. Mm. But also doctors and paramedics are getting affected. Affected. Doctors and paramedics are getting affected only because you are in the front line of this battle. So you have to accept like, no? See, the problem is as civilians, you are so insulated. Like, let me tell you, Kargil war took place. None of us were affected. But 453 Indian Javans died. Okay. Yes. Why? Because they were in the front line. Front line. That was one of the smallest wars we fought. Forget the 1941, 19, the 60s with China and Pakistan. Those were the, those were bigger battles. I'm talking about the smallest battle we fought was the Kargil for a good for nothing piece of glacier up over there. But it was strategic, important to the country. Minus 40, minus 50 soldiers went. They died because the neighboring country in their stupidity was trying to do something. So, but you look up at it, how many soldiers died? 450. For what? It was important to the country. They died. Why? Because they were in the front line. So doctors and paramedics will die. But they are in the front line. And because it is happening everywhere and every one of us has to go to the hospital, everybody realizes, oh my God, oh my God. So what do we call the soldiers who die in the war? We call them martyrs. martyrs. What do we have to call the paramedics and the soldiers or the doctors who die? Matters. Mm-hmm. Only problem is our country, our people, and many places are so warped in their thinking. They don't want the doctors to be buried. They throw stones and all kind of junk that happens. It's simply fear. Mm-hmm. It's fear. Fear has cost. Like, you no, know, the poor doctor who had to be buried in Chennai, his other doctor who was a Hindu had to bury him with his hands because the ambulance drivers were injured, stones were thrown, all kind of things. But we wouldn't do it to a soldier was coming back. And one of the soldiers who died RR rifles in Kashmir, Pastor Walson's brother, when he came, I was there. I was there for the burial. And I saw how he got the guard of honor. Even the DGP was there. Everybody was there. The whole this thing. And he was given and all. And that's how we should treat them too. And that's why the Prime Minister said about clapping and all that. Only thing they brought some Hindu symbolism into that. Other than that, it's good. US and everywhere they are doing it. Yesterday I got uh, forward about a doctor called Dr. Madhusudan Lady in New York City and she, so many patients she saved and the police, the fire engine, 200 cars passed by her house to say thank you. Okay, so we honor because they are in the battlefront and that's why it's happening because you are in the battlefront and you are essential services. But let me tell you what happens. The greatest you will see in heaven is, ah, let me, as I As an appendage, let me give you this missionary and his family, which was coming back after so many years in South America or something, those days, and they were coming back by ship. And in the ship was some great dignitary also in that ship. So the whole yard, the port, the harbor was full of band and people and everything and uh, so the little son looked at his father and said father what are they for he said that's because for him he's a governor or president or something so he said how come nobody is there to greet us us, you know what the father said said son we haven't reached home yet yet amen amen and that's why scripture very clearly mentions about the first person to die after jesus rose again is stephen and he sees jesus standing up 
If Jesus stood up, there was a billions and billions standing up to receive his spirit as it came in there. Amen. Okay, so you need to realize we are all essential workers. We are on a battlefront which nobody knows. How are we alive with all these attacks of the enemy? It's only because of God's grace. But every day his servants are under attack. Constantly under attack. It's God alone who is keeping his children alive. So we are all. But this is how we answer it that you are in the battlefront and we appreciate your work. Really, really appreciate the work you do. And sadly, nobody was prepared for it, so you didn't get the PPE mask and all the stuff which you needed. But every day you're going back and you're courageous, you're brave. Hallelujah. But the question is this, if the government gave you an option not to go, would you go or would you stay? That's the difference between a servant of God and a servant of man. We have options not to go, but you opt to go. Every day. Amen. And if you are somebody who opts to go, God bless you. Hallelujah. Okay, Pastor. So this is question number 12. Okay, I want to tell the doctor, because you got saved, go to Mark chapter 16, you have divine immunity. Mark Believe in that. Mark I will never die before my time. Believe in it and confess it from Psalm 118. 18. I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Your confession, when you make it, is that's when your faith becomes real. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, okay? Even if you take poison, this COVID-19 is poison. I say that every day. This virus will not kill me. I will not die before my time. I will finish God's purpose. And then, one second, I don't want to stay. Go home. Okay? I shall not die, but live and declare the works. Dear doctors and all the doctors and all, please say that. But you need to have purpose. I am on God's mission and I will not die. And live and declare the works of the Lord. Yes. Let's go to the next question. It's question number 12. It's something related to the circle. Uh-oh. My father is in the circle and his children inherited one iniquity or the other, oh. even his grandchildren. How do we break free from it? What prayer should we say? Okay, this I will deal with you in in detail some other day okay because you see what happens is when you're part of the freemasonry your father or your grandfather he has made covenants he has made blood oaths and different covenants are made and not only that you may not be able to identify unless the holy spirit shows you which all groups you were part like a different groups the order of isis isis is not the isis in uh, in the Middle East, not that Isis. Isis is an Egyptian goddess, Osiris and Isis. So all these things came from Egypt. You need to realize it all came from Egypt. And for those who want to understand the how completely the Freemasonry controls the world, just do a Google search. I'll search it for you. One Google search. Let me show you. Can you, can you zoom, in zoom it? This is called an 
obelisk. It's called an obelisk. Can you see it? And you check it out on your Google. Which city in the world does not have it? Every, almost every major city. And this is one of the landmarks of Washington, D.C. Near the White House, the Congress and all. You know where the obelisk comes from? It all comes from Egypt. It's part of their ancient rituals. So you need to understand that how big the circle is, how they control the whole system and they have put their landmarks around the world. And these are portals which people don't even realize. These are Even in New Delhi it is there. Delhi is there. London is there. Paris is there. Every major city in the world has it. And some of the, even Vatican has it. In St. Peter's Square has the obelisk. When you ask, it's a Christian place, why should this uh, Egyptian obelisk be over there? You should ask this question. So we, when you talk about the circle, we are talking about the battle you are fighting. So you who came out of it, you will have to, I, I will, I will teach another day about it, how you need to fight it out. But first, generally pray that every covenant that my father or anybody else in the family line who made in the, in the, Freemasonry occult, I cancel it out in the name of Jesus. Okay, this iniquity will not pass. Cut down that iniquity. Okay, you have to cut it down. And every oath that has made, every covenant made between different, different women have different orders, men have different orders, all these are there. The Knight Templars and the, you see, if you really want to know the other side of history, the French Revolution entirely was done by the Freemasons. They control the whole thing. The Queen's uh, what is his name? Husband's name? Philip, right? Yeah, Philip. Yeah, he's a grandmaster. He's one of the leaders of the Freemasonry in Britain. It's all up there in the YouTube. So I'm not saying something, anything. They had their 400th year anniversary a few years back and they were all there. And you look through that picture, you will see who they are. Okay. So that is how the system controls the whole thing. And everybody has been pulled in one way or other and the children are suffering. So one of the ways is break it. Break it. You break every covenant that the person made. You will see manifestations. They will start manifesting. Uh, alter personalities may be there. That is a different teaching also because if alter personalities are there, don't take them to psychiatrists. There is a process. I don't know whether I should ever teach that openly. There's a process which you go through. Maybe you should write to me. I'll tell you what to do. It is called integration. Integration has to be done so that all the altars are made into one and you will only have one personality left and all the others disappear. But there's a process in which you have to do the integration. God will help you to do it. Okay, we'll stop the circle there. Otherwise, people who are not in this circle get very interested. I don't want them getting into this circle. Very curious young men we have who are listening. Hmm. Pastor, um, I think that's about the questions on life. Okay. Uh, the, other parts time, the, yeah. the other parts of the question you've answered in different, different contexts. Hmm. So, would you want to take any questions related to uh, any of the theology part or... The doctor's one we answered, yes, right? Yes, Pastor. We have done it. Do you have any other, personal, any other questions that you want? Let me see if there was something. Because occult and demonic also, I want 
out. Uh, you said that you will do, do another okay. Yeah, we, we looked at this, all that we did, yeah. So this, yeah. Um, there's a, yeah. Um, is it wise to evangelize or share my faith openly in these days or should we just pray and trust God to act supernaturally? Depending upon the situation, situation. I, I would always say evangelism is something which has to be spirit-led. Because you do not know how the ground is. I mean, you actually, actually allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. He will tell you. Share with this person. You know? Other than that, you are a witness. You are always a witness. Evangelism is something which you do with somebody else. And God will lead you. And when you lead, you will realize that it works. It works. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, how to... Identify the spirit of Antichrist and does it exist in many forms? What are the manifestations of the Antichrist? Anything that opposes Christ is Antichrist. Anything in us that opposes the revelation of Christ through the word is an effect of the Antichrist spirit. We don't realize we all have it. Mm. We don't have the Antichrist but we are influenced by it. The spirit, yes. No, you want to look at the Antichrist that is coming and all, forget it. You know? The biggest manifestation of the Antichrist is the manifestation of self, where he is seated as king. The throne. That's what you're talking about, self. That's why the lovers of self will only receive Antichrist, because Antichrist is the end of self, the man. 666, if you want the perfect man, you know, that is self-projective. But first, he comes in here. But we'll t it's, a, it's a much bigger teaching, so yes. one day maybe we'll look at it in terms of the evening teaching. Uh, question number nine, uh, he says, God told Abraham to walk before him and be blameless. Mm. Uh, I want to know why God asked him to walk before him and not after him. Mm. Because I think Jesus came to, on this earth and sacrificed for our sins, etc., so I think it should be walk according to the new covenant. But as per new covenant, Almighty God said to Abraham to walk before him. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it both happens. Both happens. We walk after him, after Jesus Christ. We follow him. He set a pattern. But when the Holy Spirit is actually correcting us, we are actually walking before. Right? Basically, walking before. That's what it means. It's not literal walking before and walking after. Even like, you know, when uh, a teacher is teaching a, a class, the teacher is basically asking the student to follow him. Mm, yes. okay. But is when he is questioning exam, him, exam. exam, this thing, he is asked, he's saying that, now you are walking before me and I will see how much you have learned. Mm. He's correcting our mistakes. So this is continuously happening. We are following and we are walking before him. He constantly keeps examining. So scripture says in Second uh, Corinthians 11, examine yourself. You know, but how do you examine yourself if the Holy Spirit doesn't help you to? So the examiner is the Holy Spirit. If I examine myself every day, I'm, I'm fantastic. The problem is the Holy Spirit doesn't agree. You know, every one of us, we are fantastic, right? Cats whiskers. But that's not what the Spirit of God says. So when we say examine yourself, it's the Holy Spirit that examines. So both goes together. Question yeah. number four. In one of the sermons, uh, you said that there's a pleasure 
in our body, happiness for our soul and joy for our spirit. How do I experience the joy in my spirit when I'm going through problems in life, especially when my mind and emotions are battling against it? Yeah, we had answered this, but let me tell you again. These things don't happen unless you practice by faith. Mm. This is where grace comes in. Okay, these are not intellectual things. These are lived out. Lived out. Okay, Like if it says, uh, let's go to... Uh, these are all faith things, right? Let's go to James chapter 5. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of, word of God. So when you hear something, you have to do it. Faith without works is dead. dead. James chapter 5. Uh, after... Even uh, the, the chapter is gone. Five thirteen, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> now suddenly looking, James has five or something. My Bible is coming apart. The five has gone. Okay. Five thirteen. Is any one of you suffering? Let him pray. Pray. Is any one of you cheerful? Let him sing. Let any one of you among you sick? Let him call. So you will see everywhere different things are mentioned. Everywhere things are mentioned. The question, first thing I ask is, when you are in trouble, you pray. But when you are cheerful, do you sing? Sing psalms. I mean, I'm not talking of singing Hindi songs. Talking about, do you sing psalms? Okay. So, everywhere things are mentioned about it. And when you practice this, when you put scripture into practice, that is when your faith is being alive, when Christ starts living through you. Remember, there's only one life that overcomes. People always get this little mistake, but it's a subtle difference, but the difference will make a whole difference between heaven and hell. Mm. Are we trying to live God's life or are we allowing God to live through us? Mm. Both looks like faith, but it is not. Okay. Are we trying to live God's life or are we allowing God to live through us? If you are allowing God to live through us, it will work. So, when you are in trouble, how do you experience joy in my spirit when you are going through problems? Pray and then sing. Joy of the Lord is our strength. You keep singing. Keep singing. This incredible passage written when Jesus is going for his crucifixion. He sings hymns and goes. Paul and Silas is singing in prison. Okay, And that's when the life of Christ. You have to practice it in your daily things. So, you are not going to sing when you end up in chains in prison, when you haven't sung, when you burned your toast in kitchen. Mm. We practice first in small, small, small things. Yes. And then it becomes a part of your life. It becomes your life. It becomes your life. Then it doesn't matter what situation into you, your reaction will be automatically that. It starts coming out. No, it's a, but in the beginning it is, it is like, all of us sitting, I mean, this is a different computer brain altogether. But all of us, do you know your multiplication tables? Yeah. After that, you ask me about math, I don't remember. Multiplication tables, all I remember. Because that was what a childhood you were made to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat, right? Now, if you ask me, multiplication has become part of your life. Two, two, four. Six, six, seven, thirty-six. Seven, 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 forty-nine. You don't even have to think. Why? Right? Because it has become part of you. In the same way when we practice this, you hear, you believe, and you keep practicing it. What happens is that becomes your life. And that's the life of Christ. It's not your life anymore. 
and your life is gone. Earlier you used to grumble, now you sing. Okay? The life of Christ. That's what Paul is telling the Corinthian church. Examine yourself whether you are in the faith or not. If Christ is in you, there is certain ways Christ will react. And that's the answer to it. You have to practice. Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you are disqualified. So you always have to ask this question. What did Jesus do? And then by faith, start doing it. Is it possible for someone to lose their joy of salvation? Of course, same question. Final part. Of course, David lost the joy of his salvation. He didn't lose his salvation. He lost the joy of his salvation. He's asking for it to be restored. There's a there's a question on the YouTube uh, feed, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Is no denomination is perfect. No church is perfect. Of course not. All have some. Uh, all have some doctrine. Mm. Okay. So nobody is eligible to go to heaven. How could I be wise? I don't know why. Uh, no, no. You don't go to heaven because you're doctrinally right. Mm. Then you earned your salvation. You go to heaven because you received the free gift of God. Mm. Salvation is an absolutely total free gift. Nobody goes to heaven because they were doctrinally right. Not even Paul. Nobody went. Nobody goes. Nobody goes. Everybody goes. Salvation is a free gift. And after that, we are working on doctrine. Basically, it is the doctrine of Christ. We are not trying to be intellectual. What is the doctrine of Christ? It is the life of Christ. Amen. The doctrine of Christ is the life of Christ. Otherwise, it is just doctrine. It has not become life. Doctrine itself also is not able to save you. That's why it says they came gathered daily for the apostles' doctrine and immediately fellowship. Is the doctrine being translated into life? So what is the doctrine they are teaching about? Let me give you an example of what they could have taught on the day of Pentecost and the subsequent days. They are saying that love one another. We are one family. God is the head. We are parts of the same body until the end. And they heard it. And they realized, look, a lot of people over here, I believe on the day of Pentecost, Jews had come from all over the world. They got saved among the first 3,000, many were. And they didn't want to go back because they wanted to learn. So the believers, resident believers opened up their homes Mm. for them. Now they are staying with them. So what they heard, the practice is happening over here. They're practicing a real thing. Okay, you know, where are you from? I am from this province. Come to my house. You stay with me. Because we are now one family. Stay with me. Because we'll all, we all need to learn. Okay, so they're staying. They're eating. Not only that, they look among them and they see there are a lot of them poor. So what the scripture says, those who had sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now what is happening? Doctrine is becoming life. And scripture says, God moved incredibly among them. This is what it means. Doctrine has to become life. Otherwise, it is doctrine. What is the basic struggle of the 21st century Christian? Doctrine has not become life. life. So much of knowledge. And the doctrine that has that has become life is the doctrine from hell. Mm. That is, claim it, name it, take it, which belongs to somebody else. That is from hell. Stand behind a, before a bank and ask for this fellow's account to be transferred into you. That is what the frauders are doing now. India is supposed to have lost what one trillion uh, rupees during this forty days lockdown by fraud. That's what the Economic Times says. But we have spiritual frauds all around asking for the money of this one to come into their account. But that's not doctrine. The life of Jesus Christ is a life that gives. So that's what it is talking about. So no church is perfect. No church, no individual is perfect. But we are growing. But you will not go to heaven because your doctrine is right. Because first you received the gift. Otherwise the thief 
should be sent for rehabilitation, who died. No, Jesus didn't say you are being sent for classes. He said you will be with me in paradise. Amen. 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 And somebody asked that question, but I had explained that, okay, uh, about the difference between paradise then and paradise now. Paradise after Jesus rose was, I believe, was removed and it is somewhere else in the third heavens now. So he went with Jesus to paradise then. Jesus went first and he came later and then Jesus took him along with the others after that. Yeah. Uh, again, this is one question related to the message, holes in the soul. Mm. Maybe you want to take it that take this as the last question for the day? Oh, 9.30, yeah. Okay. Mm. So this is question number two. In the message, holes in the soul, you have mentioned salvation of the soul, conversion of the soul, and the resurrection of the soul. Oh, did I use resurrection of the soul also? Okay. But they're not all the same. I, I, I mean, resurrection, resurrection was wrong. He to be used. But salvation of the soul, yes. Salvation basically means to be saved. Saved from something that was wrong to something that is right. Salvation has two parts. Okay. If uh, I, somebody was to say that, oh, that poor fellow drowned. Nobody is going to ask him, was it in oil or petrol? Everybody knows you drown in water. Mm. Right? <laughs> okay. You drowned in water. Now, I would have... I almost drowned. So you know he escaped from water onto land. Okay, you understand. So salvation of the soul is from one side to another side. The soul is being saved from the pattern of the world to the pattern of God's kingdom. From the carnality of the world to the mind of Jesus Christ. That is the salvation of the soul. And therefore the soul is getting converted to converted from one way of thinking to one another way of thinking. And the resurrection of the soul, I would say, is that how much did you convert yes. is how your soul would be resurrected. Resurrected meaning when you die, only you will realize, probably, I'm just imagining, like now if I look at the camera and reverse it, I can see my face. But in heaven, probably you would be able to see your soul. You will know because the glory is shown. There's a there's a body for the bus. This thing, there's a uh, yes, spiritual yes, body as well. Spiritual body. body You'll be probably well. able to see. Oh, yes. this is oh his soul is that much glory. This one is this much. This is I am this much. You are able to see depending upon how much your soul changed. That is the hope of glory in you, Christ in you. How much did Christ grow in you? You are not. That is not the hope of my salvation. Or no, that's the hope of my glory. Mm. So nobody is fighting there for salvation. You are saved, but nobody knows their glory. The hope of your glory is Christ in you. How much has the soul changed in the pattern of Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. It's a simple. So that day when resurrection takes place, suddenly you'll realize as stars differ yeah, in, in glory, glory so shall be the so, so why should their glory be different? It's depending upon. It. Some of them will be like brilliant shining because they almost reach the maturity in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Blinding light they will be like and God has to shield our eyes. So Lord of people will be wearing veils there. Okay, I'm joking. So related to that, Pastor, there's a question uh, a very interesting question. First Kings chapter uh, it's on question number 8. Uh, I just want to ask you why the old Prophet didn't want his bones to be burned. But did he talk about being burned? No, no, it's okay. He says, okay, in mm. fact, in general, why the old common saints cared so much about their bodies? Okay. Uh, the that re- were kept, uh, yeah. the way the, they were kept after the dead. See, the old covenant people did not understand what we know today. Right. Exactly. Okay. Know today. Mm. Okay. 
like one of the interesting things which you always hear older greater men of god speaking is that you know we are all standing on the shoulders of those who went before us amen okay like if you go to our history is luther martin luther then over 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 all we are all standing one of the shoulders pastor vijay because he always hear me sundar krishnan shoulder for must be aching we still alive and he's <laughs> okay so we are all standing on all the shoulders but you know what because we are standing on their shoulders we see better than them okay martin luther preached on salvation by faith it's only one part next one talks about sanctification the next one talks about separation let's talk talk about holiness so different 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 people have come and we were incredibly blessed and privileged to be born at a time we have so many people shoulders we are standing Amen. we are more privileged than any man in any age that's how we have to realize it you always say why wish i was born during jesus time no this is the most privileged time to be born mm. because we have all the grades before us when hebrews 12 is being written what is the cloud of witnesses and what is the cloud of witnesses now, now? exactly witnesses now so we have to make use of this and then uh, old testament people were very very concerned about their bodies because they were their concept about resurrection life after death all these things were see even veiled all veiled mm. okay today also because that's why christians are so this thing about being buried in a grave the grave shall the grave shall but for me it is this way i look at it this way whether you are buried in a grave or a believer died in the sea or you burned in a fire ultimately dust becomes dust dust under dust ashes under dust fish eat your body everything disintegrates it all goes but when the trumpet blows what is coming together is not that amen what is coming together you're getting a new body yes Now, because i am telling you that i have so many questions during this 40 days time where people we know like connected newly saved they died whether whether they can be cremated because of the rush in new york so i said no problem go ahead you know because i have no issues about those things you have a grave bury it you don't have it does not matter one the term because c will be asked to give up its dead hades will be asked to give up the dead so everybody will come everybody will come up so that does not matter but they were like they were wailed and they did not know like if you look in the genesis account they all wanted their bodies in the promised land even joseph did not want to be buried in <laughs> in egypt because it was all connected to a place it was always connected to a place so they had a very wild view we have a much more broader view and if jesus tarries to come our children will have a much better view amen but they have to find even more tough ta- battles tougher battles yes. because the deception will be also be more yes 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 see if we only truth was available life would be so easy mm-hmm. the problem is no truth and flooded with heresy flooded with heresy and we have to navigate our way through and that's the bat- that itself is a battle to stand like i heard that this servant of god no like you know because i've been reading him from the age of as a 20 year old young man 19 20 year old young man so i still listen to him because he's old uh, sadhu sundar no sadhu jack punan no? so he was saying that 
he says, he said he was asked this question, do you find the Bible reading boring? He said, yeah. But I read. Mm. So when we grew up, most of the stuff our parents told us to eat was not tasty, but we ate. Mm. We ate. Later we found it was good. Amen. Mm-hmm. So he said, when I read my Bible, I found it was boring, but I knew it was good. So I kept reading, kept reading, kept reading, kept reading. And you know what? It's life now. Amen. So we don't have to tell children, please read if you don't find it interesting. God is not working on you. No. We don't tell them when they are eating food, we don't tell them eat tomatoes. If it does not taste good, eat carrot, it's not bad for your tongue, something is wrong. No, carrot doesn't do eat good, taste good. Capsicum doesn't, I'm telling you my vegetables. Capsicum, carrot. Papu is sitting there and laughing. You know? Now these things taste good, but I know they are good. You know? So in the same way, don't make it the Bible is the most interesting book in the life and no, it is not. The more interesting book for the flesh in the world. But that book is good for your soul. That book is life. Book is life. If you ask Dr. Richard, is carrot or jalebi better? What will he say? Which is good for life, not health. You will say carrot, right? <laughs> Jalebi is good for the tongue and carrot is good for health. In the same way, you know, the Bible is good for life. So, and we have to, it's a practice. It's a practice. And after that, it becomes life. And with that, we shall close. Tomorrow, we do not have question and answer. Tomorrow, we will have a regular midweek service. But many of your questions will get answered in a message. God will supernaturally answer you. Thursday, if you have still more questions, keep them. We have a lot of questions still. If you still have questions, send it to us. And Thursday, maybe Thursday, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday. I, I like the question answer session because I see that so many questions are being answered and so many people who didn't ask questions did not realize they had the same questions but they are also responding <laughs> so i love it and uh, it it gives us a chance to sit and speak also mm. so i love that better praise god mm. and uh, so we love you and now as we close shall we pray father we just come to you lord in the name of jesus i bring the dear ones lord who are struggling of the influence of occult in their lives or a very sad, miserable marriage. It's the worst thing that can happen, Lord, in a person's life. Two people who are meant to be one, pulling apart, tearing apart. Mm. I speak deliverance, Lord, to these lives. You are the God who can deliver any marriage and bring them back today. You can, Lord. The God who said you make all things beautiful in your time. In the time, Lord, I pray. The one who knows you and who is struggling would walk in that grace. Each day would truly, truly ask God for grace. Plead the blood of Jesus over her or his household, the children. Be kind, be quiet, do the things that has to be done like you do. 
You were the perfect spouse for Israel. Forty years they complained and murmured. Yet you clothed them, you fed them, you protected them, and let you did not allow their enemies to kill them. And any man, any woman can do that by grace. They have the most complaining, murmuring, bitter spouse, yet take care quietly. Trust that same God for that same grace and same power. And then one day, you may just turn around. You come to God. Or their children may rise up in that same house like the children of Israel who possess the land. Yes, Lord. Yes. All things are possible with him or her who believes. Amen. That's what your word says, O Lord. And I pray, Father, truly, truly, during the messages in the morning or the question answer sessions, every time, Lord, faith will arise and access grace. And you told your grace is sufficient for us. Yes, Father, the power of the Holy Spirit is sufficient for us. We come through and walk through every issue, every problem, every turmoil. Victorious. And for those who are caught in the occult by their parents or grandparents, mm. I speak deliverance, Lord. I pray every covenant that was made by their parents would be broken in Jesus' name. Every blood oath be cancelled in Jesus' name. Doesn't matter whether it was a father or a mother or a grandfather who did it. I pray it be cut out in Jesus' name that spiritually they will realize and believe and confess fatherhood has changed now. Their spiritual DNA has changed now. Their father is God and there is, they have entered into a new covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ and this cancels every covenant that was made by the earthly father or grandfather and whatever blood was that was used it's cancelled out by the blood of the new covenant for whom the son sets free is free indeed I speak that liberty I speak that freedom into the lives of everyone who is listening every one of you that liberty Plead the blood of Jesus. Confess the blood of Jesus every time. Because the word of God says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Let your testimony be that God is my Father. I belong to him. My spiritual DNA has changed. I, My family line has changed. I do not belong to that family spiritually anymore. Nothing. Thing from that family will come into me. Everything will come down from my Father in heaven. Amen. And I am free. Amen. And I am free. Amen. And all those who are, who came out of the circle, who are watching, who are still struggling, I take authority in the name of Jesus of Nazareth and every undelivered altar, I command you to go down into the lower levels. You will not come out. You will stay down. You will stay down. I command you in the name of Jesus. You will all stay down. Only the altars that have been washed by the blood of Jesus, the white altars, are allowed to come out. The rest of you will stay down and will not disturb God's children who have come out. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lead the blood of Jesus over your church, here, everywhere. Protect them, preserve them, keep them. And I speak your peace and your rest into their inner man, Lord. They will labor, they will enter into that rest, and they will stay in that rest, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Be with us all, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. amen.